0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Breakthroughs with Brie, where we are having breakthroughs on our personal and spiritual development, all for the purpose of living our most authentic and joyful and free lives. My name is Brie. I'm an Akashic Records channeler, energy healer, astrologer, and also personal development and spiritual development coach. I have a whole program, six clients as of right now. It's incredible. Uh, On this episode today, I'm going to be sharing my journey, my story. I gotten a couple questions on this, and I was due for another solo episode. It felt like the time. So, I am going to go through my journey coming into my gifts. Did I have gifts when I was really young? What was my spiritual awakening journey like? How did I know that I wanted to do this as a job or like develop and come into my gifts? Like, all of those kinds of questions are the ones that I am going to answer to you today via sharing my story. I think I'm going to break it up into three parts in the description, so you can kind of like go around to whichever one you want, I suppose. I'm thinking it'll be like pre-spiritual awakening, after the spiritual awakening, and then after I sort of knew that I wanted to do this sort of stuff for work up until now. So kind of like three little sections of it. Um, So anyway, I hope that you enjoy this story, this episode. Of course, let me know if you have other questions about it. I'd be happy to talk about it more at any other time, but let's get into it. Okay, for Bree's story, <laughs> where to start, how early to start? Um, and the Virgo and me wants to like tell you all the details, but the other parts of me are like, they don't need all the details. They probably would get so bored this episode would be so long. <laughs> so I'm going to try my best to find the right balance between like big picture themes and things that would probably resonate with you and help you on your own journey, as well as like little tidbits and details that were kind of cool, like signs and synchronicities along the way. Um, okay, so one of the first questions that I get from people is, did I have some sort of psychic ability as a kid, which a lot of people who are in this space and have spiritual gifts that they use, like as a part of their career talk about? Um, I didn't really identify with that. And it was something that caused me a lot of self doubt um, later on when I was like really considering coming into this field because I didn't have that story of like, at least remembering having a ton of psychic gifts as a kid or something. I thought that somehow that made me like less powerful of a healer or like not as legitimate as them or something. Um, It kind of tripped me up. And so if it helps ease any self-doubt you have about having gifts or even potentially like coming into this kind of work, um, then I'm telling you, just Honestly, I don't remember having any sort of psychic stuff as a kid. Um, I will say I don't have a lot of memories as a really young kid. I have like flashes that get more and more frequent, like the closer I get to probably like high school age um, and then like late high school and college is probably like when I start having like like a lot of memories. I can recall most things, but I really don't have a lot of memories as a young a young kid, probably not until like mid or late elementary school, do I start having more consistent memories Um, from some work that I've done, like some subconscious and body work, as well as working with other psychics and intuitives. um, (laughs) The way that I've uh, processed that is just to say, I was a very sensitive child and um, stuff that just was going on at home was really overwhelming um grew up with two parents who were married and sort of like a middle-class home um in California in, in the Central Valley in California twin brother only sibling um and you know parents did a great job making sure there was food on the table and you know doing their best to like really support us and help make us successful but um of course they had their things that they uh we're working through. Um, there was a lot of fighting in the house, um, verbal fighting, um, and just like a lot of intensity and being just so sensitive as a child, like an early child, like the emotions of it all and the confusion of it just was like very overwhelming. Um, and that's what I kind of attribute not <laughs> a lot of memory of those things to. But I will say um that one of the things I do remember is that when I was probably around Um, it might've been even like around third grade. I don't know what age that would have made me maybe even fourth older. Um, there was this period of time, probably three months at least where I could not sleep. I was blessed enough to have a room of my own. And the way that our house was, there was like a hallway that went from the front of the house or the living room kitchen, all that kind of stuff was back to the bedrooms. And my bedroom was like right off of the hallway, so you like made a sharp right and like my bedroom door was the first door. Um, And I just remember being so scared. Like if I slept with the door open, it felt like somebody was like going to walk around the corner into the room. Um, I'm like my closet doors had to be closed. Like I just like I was so so terrified that I often would go like lay down a sleeping bag next on the floor next to my parents bed on my mom's side because I was so terrified to sleep. And, um, and now, again, working with some like psychics and intuitives that I really trust, they were like, yeah, I, that house you were in, there was like a portal energy, there were a lot of spirits around and you were really, really sensing them. But you just didn't know what to call it then. Like, I would have never called it that when I was younger. But looking back, I'm like, oh, no wonder I was getting almost like these visuals and my fears of somebody like walking around the corner because like there were spirits like straight up walking around the house. <laughs> I was scared. Like I didn't like the stimuli of that. And like not having any tools to process or know that, that's probably my only like early experience um, with any sort of like psychic gift. Um, And I do identify now as having mediumship abilities, even though that's not like a service that I've offered or something that I've dived into a ton, but that is one element of my sensitivity for sure. So to answer that question. <laughs> Brie was not like a, oh, I saw people and talked to them. And you know, guides were audibly speaking to me my whole life and saw it like, no, that was not me. And I still um I still feel like I really help people with my gifts. So that means you can too. <laughs> it doesn't have to limit you. Um, it was definitely very um, it was very soothing um to to like learn and to know for myself. To learn it and then like really believe it in my own self and my own body that we all have intuitive and psychic gifts i just feel like some get born with like the volume turned up really high or, or their circumstances help keep it high the volume high or they have like certain affinities that are a little stronger than others um but like we all have the ability to tap into it truly truly so that's great news for us <laughs> um Okay, other elements of my story, just kind of like early life, that was like very influential. I grew up in a very dogmatically religious community, um, family, taking me to church all the time, you know, Sundays, Bible groups, Wednesday, all that kind of thing. And what's funny too, is that, you know, probably from that, mm, like preteen age, even through high school, um, I would have identified as like super religious, like... (laughs) the church girl for sure, <laughs> which is kind of funny to think about now. And, um, there was a, there was a time when I felt almost kind of like embarrassed or ashamed of that. Cause I was just like repeating the rhetoric of like what I was hearing, you know, but like, I can look back at that now and I can totally understand why that's how like younger Brie reacted in those situations, you know? Um, I guess more about like the whole thing, like even through school. Um, (laughs) Gosh, I was like the kid that did it all, honestly. Like the achiever, perfectionist thing, like that was my MO. Um, I felt the really high expectations to perform and do well in things. And that somehow was important or that somehow made things easier or better like made me more good or something and this is of course language I'm using now after having reflected on it so I did all the sports I did varsity sports year round I did club soccer like I just did all the things I did all the clubs I did FFA you know the student council and just all of the things got really good grades top of the class I think what helped with all of that was very early on I got this idea like I, I found one of those like surveys that kind of have you fill out when you're really young in kindergarten or something. And like, what do you want to be when you grow older? I had picked that I wanted to be a veterinarian and like fixated on that. So like a little like kindergarten breeze, like I want to be a vet. And then like the <laughs> the earth sign in me just like stuck with it. Like I'm going to be a vet, right? So I think part of what drove a lot of my overachieving behaviors and mindsets was this idea that I had to do really well to get into college. There's this college, UC Davis in California um, that's known for being a really good vet school. And like, I was like, I'm going to go to UC. Davis. I just had decided I'm going to be a vet. I'm going to UC. Davis. like so young. And so <laughs> again, I think part of like what kept me in that sort of like, you got to go, go, go do the best, do the best, do the best was like also that ambition to go to Davis, which I did. Um, let me see if there's anything else that was like notable just in terms of this journey. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, voted, you know, the most likely to succeed. And I don't even know what number I was in my class. And just like, it, I was that, 100%. God help her. God help that child. She was, uh... <laughs> and I say that because, and I know there's going to be so many of you that relate to this, which is why I giggle about this. I... I was responding to what I felt was important. And I was so focused, you know, and there are days I get so busy, like, and especially once I learned, once I was able to drive, Um, and again, very blessed to be able to like have a car that I could use to get around. Like my whole days were stacked, man. Like I was just going, 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 going. And what's funny is like, as a teenager, I would not have identified myself as sensitive or emotional. Um, I just wouldn't have and I think that I was just in performance mode so much that I never really slowed down enough to like really know how I felt about things you know and for those of you who follow uh, Mystic Michaela I had her read like photos of me when I was young I was very indigo as like a five-year-old overwhelmed picture of me in high school, so purple, like so, so feisty purple as like a shield to protect all the like sensitive little blue stuff in there. Um, so for those of you who like understand the meaning of that, that's the, that was the vibe of high school pre. <laughs> Um Okay. So went to college, got into UC Davis for pre-veterinary medicine, stoked, so happy. <laughs> um very proud of that for sure. Cause I have blood, sweat and tears, you know? So I go to Davis and um, I think that this was kind of the start of the awakening because it was the start of like the world opening, which of course is just so like characteristic of people at that age. Um, The community that I'd come from had not only been very um, religious, but also very conservative. I refer to like the Central Valley of California. as like the Midwest of California, (laughs) very conservative and like very like rigid ideas about things. I went to college, was interacting with all these people and learning about these other ideas. And I realized like, wait a minute, there's a different like way to think about these things. Like there's people having different kinds of experiences than I was told that these other people should be happening. Like especially people of color, like meeting people of color, there was not a whole ton of diversity um, in the city I grew up in. Meeting people of color and like hearing their experiences and their stories, and like meeting them just like human to human without all of these like subconscious programming things that had come from my community. I was like, wait a minute. Like, a lot of the stuff that they're spewing over there, like that kind of feels like BS because I'm here in person interacting with people. Like, I believe what they're saying. Things that other people, like ideas that other people are just naturally exchanging in this place, like make sense to me. It feels like there's truth. And I feel like it was like one of those you know, again, times of just expanding, like, wait a minute, there's like a whole nother way that to think about the world. And maybe these ideas that were passed to me, like, they don't really feel as true to me. It wasn't even about like, somebody has a more convincing argument. It was like, now that I'm here experiencing it for the first time, I get to run it past my own gut. And like, mm, some of this old stuff isn't checking out anymore. (laughs) You know, and like all of these um suspicions of like things that didn't totally feel right but I didn't have a better answer for when I was you know in high school or whatever specifically about the religious stuff you know like I those those questions were able to come to the surface and I was actually able to like mull them over reckon with them a little bit and that was absolutely wonderful it was so good um, I was still in achiever mode <laughs> because I was in a pre-vet program that was very rigorous. Um, and in college was when I started what I would identify started to struggle with depression and anxiety as a result of it. Um, just like the going, 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 and like the need to achieve and like the anxiety about not and like like, you know, just like all of the symptoms of all of the things started to arise. And, um, halfway through my college experience, um, I decided that I wanted to switch majors. I was like thinking about the job of being a vet. And it was funny cause I had already started doing a lot of things. Like I lived in a sheep barn in Davis, which is kind of like a fun experience <laughs> that not a lot of people get to have literally lived in the barn. Like, oh, there was a room and a bathroom. And then I like opened my door and I was in like the aisle of the sheep barn. Um, And this was like a breeding barn. So halfway through the year, like parts of the year, um, half of the year, uh, we were responsible for like birthing the lambs, like literally like reach in, pull out baby lambs, rear them up to older help, like oversaw the breeding and the care, like the whole thing. (laughs) It was so cool. So I'd already like been doing it. I I was not under any um, like disillusion of like what like their work would entail. But for me, I was thinking like, I don't know if I have another four years of school in me after this, like again, with the depression hitting and like starting to feel so like exhausted and tired and all these kinds of things. And um, I was taking out loans to put myself through school. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go another like $200,000 in debt to pay for vet school. And I was starting to learn more about like what it would look like on the other side of vet school. Um you know, I, at the time I wanted to do like animal agriculture, like a food animal vet or like large animal vet, like in that world. Cause again, FFA in, in high school and um, you know, and just like the kind of places I would have to go to get jobs. Like, did that match the lifestyle I want? Was I even going to make the money to be able to pay back the thing? Like it was a whole, whole thing, probably more detail than you needed to know. But anyway, change majors is the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> um around the time again that I was feeling depressed I was having a hard time with it um and I switched to communication major and just kept a minor in animal science cuz one of the really nice things about this is I'd done so many like the majors were so different that I'd done so many science classes which would have um like satisfy the gen ed requirement for a communication major um and So I didn't, like, it didn't delay me graduating, thankfully. And I'd done so many, again, I was able to keep the minor and just do, like, communication classes. And it was so cool to learn about psychology and sociology and group psychology and nonverbal psychology and linguistics and, like, all of these, like, other fields, like, more about, like, human behavior or the brain or all these kinds of things that I just loved, 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 couldn't get enough of. Um, and graduated from Davis, I will say that um, by the end of my time in college, um, I started taking antidepressants because I was so overwhelmed. And there was such a heavy workload, like I was working a really, really high intensive student job, especially that last year, and trying to put myself through school, but also finish school. And like, I knew in order to like address those things, I would have had to slow down. And I was like, I can't afford to slow down because then I'd have to pay for another year in housing and I just can't do it. So I just need something that's going to help me right now. And um, and yeah, uh, I was, uh, there was a really good doctor I saw and we talked about antidepressants. And I was like, yeah, like if that's going to help give me a little life raft right now, like let's do it. And then for that, I'm so glad that those tools and options are available Um, And I share that part of my story just to say, like, if anybody, and this kind of comes into the story later too, um, if you feel like you're in a moment where, like, you just need some help to, like, be sane or like to feel okay, um, like, don't be ashamed of following your gut to do that because there's been a couple different times where I went on antidepressants and I feel like it helped my quality of life for sure for the circumstances I was working in. So anyway, graduated college so so grateful for that um moved to sacramento nearby to uc davis um with my then boyfriend now husband jen and um things were good i got off the antidepressants for a while i was in uh working at a like a recruiting sales job in like it um and like things were going good. Like, you know, you get out of college and like you have your own money and you have your own time and you're not like having to study all the time. It was, it was great. I had friends in the city, all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> where things took a little left turn, but also led me like smacked up into like the spiritual stuff. Um, Jen got a, his dream job because the job that he was in, in Sacramento was not the one he wanted. He hadn't got the one that he'd wanted. So he kind of had to figure something out in the meantime, his dream job, he'd got down in LA. And so he was going to come down to LA because this was like a job that like was going to be a forever kind of career, you know? And, um, we had been living together so, so happy and it was devastating. It was so sad. That he was moving and we were going to stay together but like even just the change and like having to do long distance like genuinely heart-wrenching uh and started to feel really depressed again started drinking a lot which does not help depression <laughs> spoiler alert does not help depression um and was really really confused because I had just got a promotion at my job in Sacramento, which is why I hesitated to see if I could try and relocate to the office down in LA. And like, I, I just knew I was really unhappy and wasn't sure if I should really try to like pull the trigger to move down there or like what was in store for me. And I had my first psychic reading around that time. I listened to um, uh, Chris Medina on the Lady Gang podcast. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm like, I want to try it. Like, let's go. Like, I just need I need some guidance, you know, <laughs> first ever psychic, um, psychic reading. He's great. The reading was great. And, um, yeah, soon after, uh, <laughs> my boss at that job, like we, in our sit down, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, not really. She's like, why don't you just go? You know, like, why don't you just go down there? I can like tell that you that like obviously part of you wants to like why don't you just do it? And I was like I really do want to do it, you know. Thank you for giving me permission. <laughs> um, I had a lot of people who were really supportive and you know all that kind of stuff. Moved down to LA, cool. This is where like they really started to build up into like my own spiritual awakening because I came down to LA. Um, I was happy that I was back with Jen, but like I was like fully in the depression. Like the pr- depression had set in from just like that, that like life circumstance. And so I didn't like snap out of it. Like I thought that I would, you know, it feels like it, it like almost like agitated an old wound or something, you know, like the depression wasn't about him moving, but it was kind of triggered by him moving, if that makes sense. So I come down to LA and I, Was kind of like surprised that it didn't automatically get better, but I was also in a sales job and like a new territory, and that was really tough. And I thought maybe, you know, it's just because it's tough. Well, then, crazy stroke of fate got this huge project that essentially landed in my lap. (laughs) There was a person from across the country who had a partner in LA, and they're like, oh, this girl's new, like she can help you out, right? And they're like, okay, you can get a certain part, like like little piece of the pie here if you help out because you're the one in LA and I was like okay sure and they're like oh yeah this could turn into a huge project I'm like cool whatever I'll like do my best on it anyway it doesn't matter well they won the project and um cue one of the craziest rides in my whole life and I, th- what's crazy about this, too, is that I had been so stressed out about moving down to LA for a lot of financial reasons. You know, I was like, I, like, I don't know when I'm going to start making a commission. It's more expensive down in LA. Like, I don't know, like, how I'm going to make that work. Like, what about long-term stuff? Like, that had been one of my primary concerns. And I was thinking somehow I was going to, like, be on a better track up in Sacramento or something because I just had more momentum with career stuff there. <laughs> so it was one of those like, God moments or higher source moments, whatever you want to call it, for me to come down to LA. And it was literally three months after I moved here that that other person in the company reached out. They won the project. And I immediately, like, went into full-scale hiring mode. Hired over 200 people over three months, which, I mean, most people... Like, won't have any context. That's <laughs> a lot of people. I was probably working 70-hour weeks trying to hire, like, really high-level IT people. Um, and, like, jumped up, like, so high, uh, like, the highest in the whole office of commission on, like, a multiple-year project. Um, so money became not an issue and literally, like, out of nowhere. <laughs> um, and I literally think about that ex- example to this day when I think about moments where I'm trying to plan for like what's going to be most supportive or positive, like what's going to work out the best, what's going to keep me the safe or be the most abundant outcome. And I'm really feeling pushed towards a situation where there's a lot of unknowns. And frankly, there's a lot of reasons to think it would not be the most supportive option. And I really followed my heart and my gut coming down to LA. I really was feeling like that was the right thing, even though I had so many questions and anxieties about it. And literally months after I moved here, I was the person that had already been in the territory, basically the industry that this project blew up with. And that's why I was the one that got it in the office. So like getting assigned to this territory, nobody had touched in LA three months before this huge project that literally changed my life like I could have never planned for that. It was, it was incredible. Um, Helped me like sort out credit card debt, helped me not like be paycheck to paycheck for the first time in my life, helped me save up to where we could buy the house that we're in, like literally like life-changing kind of stuff. Not to mention um, it provided me while it was so, so busy at times, it also provided me like a little bit of flexibility um, and the people that I met that I worked with, like the high level people, and even others on the project were incredible. Like, seriously, it was just one of the crazy experiences of my life. Um, <laughs> so crazy. So again, I share this because sometimes there is something that's waiting for you that you could have never planned for. So when your anxiety tells you, you have to be scared because they're like, you know, it's not in the plan. So therefore, it's not going to be good or something like. Let the universe, let source show you that sometimes there's, their things can work out way better than you could have ever imagined. I literally have to remind myself all the time. Like you wouldn't have half the things that you do now, if it hadn't been for you trusting your gut and going out on a limb. Um, but, <laughs> but um, what happened after that? So I worked 70 hour weeks for months, getting everything all stood up, right? Things are stood up months go by where I'm at a higher income level, things, you know, I finally reached that level that everybody had been like subliminally and explicitly telling me like, this is what's going to make you happy, you know, like be successful at work, make money, you know, established career where you're respected relationship, you know, that's serious and that's healthy Um, in a place that you like. You know, when you have like autonomy, like when you get to that level, like that's when life's great. And I, what I realized is I had been waiting for that to happen before really looking around and evaluating my life. I'd been doing fine in my career up until that point, but there had still been things I was unhappy with and I was still struggling a little with depression and anxiety. And I just thought to myself, like, oh, I just haven't got there yet. I'm just not there yet. Like when I get to that place that they are, that everybody's romanticizing. (laughs) glorifying. Like when I get there, then everything, I'm going to be able to take a breath and it's going to feel better. Um, so I got to that spot, <laughs> I got to that spot. Um, and I still felt really depressed and I still felt really anxious. I gained a lot of weight. Like I just wasn't feeling good physically. I definitely wasn't feeling good emotionally, mentally. And, um, that was kind of my moment. Like where, again, I got to the place where everybody says that you should go. And I did not feel good. I wasn't happy. And I was, I was like, there's, there's got to be something else because I've been lied to. They lied to me. um, everything they said, it just wasn't true. And I had had these things kind of in the back of my mind at that moment. Um, of course, being in LA and stuff, it's very LA, you know, the concepts of like meditation or spirituality or like things that, that I've kind of been hearing about for years. Um, and I'd also like just had these feelings in myself that like there was like different kind of career I wanted to be doing. Right. Well, this is going to sound really crazy to say, and I don't mean this to sound, Maybe like as egotistical as it could come across. Um, but I had always had this feeling like I was meant to do something really important. Like really important. Like, either it was going to be something that was, like, really impactful for a lot of people or that it was going to, like, reach a lot of people or something. But, like, there was something, like, I was not meant to do just, like, an every day-to-day job. Like, that's something that is beautiful and wonderful, but I just knew that that wasn't really for me. Like, there was something big I was supposed to be doing. I always felt that way. And I had had these crazy experiences along my life that just made me feel like there was like there was something else about me that I was supposed to be doing. Like for example, I know this is kind of heavy, but um in high school and even up through college, I like there were people that I like were acquaintances that literally came up to me and said, Hey, can I like text you later or something I want to talk to you about? I was like, Yeah, sure. And that confided in me that they had been having suicidal ideation. Um and that they had had attempts and like all this kind of stuff. And that was not the only time <laughs> that was the first of many times I'd say I've probably had now to this point, And I've just turned 30, probably five people who have confided in me or come to me about being in like very deep, dark places. And that doesn't even count the people who share With me, like really, really difficult traumas of their life. So I'd had these kinds of experiences. I had this girl that I'd worked with um at that job in Sacramento. We'd gone to a training together, and we were sharing a room, and like we had like gone out with everybody in the training and had a couple drinks, and we'd come back. So like you know, we're kind of like, I love you so much, like that kind of vibe. And I genuinely do love her. And she had said to me, she goes, Brie, like I just feel like you're meant to do something so much more than this. Like you're such a good person, and like you're just like. Like, you're too good for this. Like, you're, like, you just, you should be doing something more than this. Like, re- I just really feel like you should. And I could feel the love of her, of what she was saying underneath that. And I was like, huh. Like, I kind of always had this thought, there's, like, something I'm supposed to, something else I'm supposed to do. And here's this woman that I very much respect and love. And she's sitting here telling me, like, I just really feel like you got it in you to just do something different than this. Like, you, you know? I was like, huh. So like all these experiences leading up to it. And, um, I done all the things, got the success. They lied to me. I'm not happy. And I just had this moment where I said, I have had enough of, of this. I've had enough of feeling this way. Um, I couldn't remember the last time I had woken up and just felt happy. And I knew that I'd used to feel like that. Like in high school, I had this one kid tell me I like puked sunshine. And he meant that kind of like as a joke insult. but I was like, haha ha. Like, I guess I kind of do, you know, like, I just like, I hadn't, always been like that. And I just, I, I just remember saying to myself, I want to be able to just wake up and feel happy and feel good. And I don't even know how to get back to that. I don't even know where I lost it. And I said, I I'm I'm done feeling like this, like no more, <laughs> no more. <laughs> and I decided I was going to do every single thing to feel better. All the things that I'd been thinking about doing to make myself better, I was going to do every single one of them. I was going to go to therapy. Um, I was going to get back on antidepressants. I was going to start meditating because I'd been hearing about meditation. And I was like, why not? Let's just, let's just try. I would like seen a book about chakras. So around the same time I was med- like started meditating, I started reading about chakras and like that sort of thing. Um, I just stumbled upon somebody named Mystic Michaela around that time that was in fall, like late summer, fall of 2018, which is before her podcast came out. And... Um, like, she was talking about spirituality and teaching about it in just, like, a new way, in a, in a cool way that I really, really resonated with. Um, I started learning about astrology. Like, I had people in my office that I worked in talking about astrology, and I was really curious about that. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try all the things because I, like, literally can't feel like this for one other minute. And... um <laughs> I really considered that my moment, like sort of my dark night of the soul and coming into an awakening, because it was from that point on that I started to have experiences that really changed the game for me. Um, So I'll come back and talk about that for sort of this part too. All right, so we're picking up the story with with what I would consider like post-spiritual awakening. Um, And here are some really cool things that happened around that time. (laughs) So I had started meditating. I started using Insight Timer and there was this course, I think, or maybe it was a single meditation that's called Coming Home to Yourself that somebody had recommended to me. And every single part of the meditation, I think it was a course. I think there were multiple meditations. But everything that was said about like wanting to like find yourself again and like find positive feelings again and just kind of come back to life and like feel a piece in your own body like all of these things that she was saying was like oh shit that's like really how I want to feel you know and like learning to come into myself to try and find those like was such a novel concept it like taught me concepts about meditating I really highly recommend using that app and then um was started reading a book about chakras that I got off the internet. And they have these cool little exercises where you kind of close your eyes. And like you imagine the color and like the place in your body. So if it's your crown chakra, like purple, and like, see what feelings come up and write down what they are. And so like, I had all these different sensations in different parts of my body doing that. I was like, Oh, my gosh, maybe there's something to this, you know. Um, <laughs> um, but here's one of the cool stories that happened at that time. So I had had a friend in that office who was into astrology, didn't know anything about it. And um, she was so nice. And she's like, oh, yeah, let me like look up your chart for you, right? Like all I'd ever known that it was, that was a Virgo sun. And I identified with Virgo in some parts, but there were some parts I did not identify with, right? Like maybe 40% of it, I, I didn't vibe with so much, but the rest of it, I did. So she pulls up my chart and she tells me I'm a Cancer rising and I'm a Pisces moon. And she's like, oh, and you have a Pisces midheaven. And I was like, Oh, but well, like, what does that mean? And she was like, well, a mid is kind of like your like legacy or like the job you're going to do or like things like that. And you have it in Pisces. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like I'm trying to think about like, what's my purpose? Like this job doesn't feel as satisfying as I thought that it would. So, you know, I'm kind of getting this feeling I'm eventually going to do something else. And I'm like, Oh, this might give me an answer. Like, what is it? Like, what does that mean? And I will never forget this moment. We were standing in my kitchen in my apartment. And she said, oh, well, that means that you're meant to be a healer. And the word healer was like somebody had like like hit a gong in my body. Healer. And I was like, oh, whoa. Whoa. And, you know, she goes on to to explain Pisces like kind of like spiritual healing and like, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I was like, whoa. Well, cause I'd always kind of thought maybe I could be in that realm at the time. I was thinking maybe more like therapist or something like that. Cause I just didn't know anything about spirituality or mysticism to like think of any other kind of healers. But I was like, oh my gosh. And like healing is so different than sales. I was in a freaking sales role, you know, I was like, wow, like maybe I could do a job that's so different than this. You know, like it was it honestly, it had such a big impact on me. I went to therapy. Um, and I was seeing um, this woman and she did therapy in her home and she had like cats and all this kind of stuff. And I'd been seeing her for a little bit. And um, and I don't remember exactly what the conversation had been up until this, but the story is such a good example in following your intuition. Oh, it's such a good example. So we were talking and I think for whatever reason, I'd shared this story about no, I didn't share the story. This would happen. Thank you for giving it to me. I feel like my guides are like giving me more of the details. I don't remember. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> we were sitting and talking and I think she had asked me some sort of question about like, well, what do you feel like your purpose is? Maybe we'd been having a conversation about how I like, you know, wanted to feel more fulfilled or something. And she's like, well, what do you think would make you feel more fulfilled? Or like, what do you think your purpose is? Right. I know what it is. We had been talking about the fact that I had had this like experience of having a lot of people that I really didn't know that well coming to me with really serious things like you know like we had talked about very depressed potentially self-harm kind of feelings and like all this kind of stuff and she's like well like you know do you think that's a coincidence and I was like no not at all she's like do you think that that's like normal and I was like I don't think so and she goes no it's not it's definitely not I was like cool thanks for confirming and um she's like okay it's like what do you feel like your purpose is and that that, um, experience with that friend was still like so firmly in my mind. And I told her, I was like, you know, I have been really resonating with the word healer. And she goes, Hmm. And she kind of sat with that for a minute. And she's like, you know, I'm having the urge to like put my cat in your lap. And I was like, great. Love animals. Right. Have like initially gone to vet school. Maybe she's thinking healer. Like what, you know, who knows? Cool. But for whatever reason, put an animal on me. I don't care. It's fine. So she gets one of her like big cats, and she like puts it on my lap and goes and sits back down in her chair. And so I'm like petting the cat, and all this <laughs> we kind of continue to talk. And then as I'm looking down at the cat, I realize one of the back legs, like the paws, was very enlarged, like very very enlarged. And so I looked down and I said, "Oh, um." Like, is this cat's paw usually this big? Because again, like the, maybe that it was the animal science in me or something, but like, I just, like, uh, like I key into like the details of, you know, does everything look healthy? Whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's the Virgo and be looking at details. I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm like scanning the animal just as like subconsciously. <laughs> is this pond size normal? And she goes, oh, um, at first she said like, oh yeah. But then I think it, like the, the question fully registered. And she goes, wait a minute. Like, no like that's not normal at all. And so I start to look closer and this was like a long-haired cat and I realized that the cat had like when you get your blood drawn um that wrap that they put a higher um on your arm to like cut off the blood or maybe even like for us the wrap that they put over the little piece of gauze to like help you know, the everything clot, like that was on the cat's leg higher on the leg, but she couldn't see it through the hair. And it was tight enough to where it was cutting off circulation and causing this like swelling in the cat's leg. And I was like, Oh my gosh, did you know that this was here? And she goes, No, I didn't. He went to the vet, like three days ago, and got blood work done. Um So it must have happened then. And I was like, Oh, do you have some scissors? Like I can help cut it off for you done plenty of stuff like that before it's totally fine and so she comes and gets the scissors and like we kind of help it and I cut it off the cat and just like kind of like rub just very gently on the leg and like like we're like stunned because we're just sitting there stunned and she was like I have had him at home in three days and I did not notice that that must have happened at the vet like that's the only one that would have put it on so he's gone three days With this wrap on his leg, literally that like that's something that could cause damage, especially for how swollen like this paw was probably three times as big as the other one of the other back foot in comparison. And we literally sat there in silence for a minute, looking at each other. Because we just had this conversation of like, I feel like I'm a healer and she's like, I'm getting this really weird feeling to put my cat on your lap, like if all of that hadn't happened. like literally just sat there like in awe (laughs) what are the coolest stories ever and that's another like core memory and felt like absolute confirmation yes you are going to be doing healing work 100% 100% and at the time I didn't even feel like it necessarily needed to be with animals but and it also was this, this feeling of like, this woman feels confident enough. And even something that feels so random, like, let me put my cat on your lap. Like if she hadn't followed her own intuition about doing that, like, who knows how long that cat would have had that on there and what kind of damage, like, how, like, whoa, whoa. It was wild. <laughs> it was so wild. Um, So I started having experiences with things like that. That, again, just really opened up the doors, for sure. Um, I was, like I said, meditating. Um, I started going to a yoga studio that was just down the street in Venice. Um, And they had these really cool events, like around the full moons and stuff, like setting intentions and starting to teach about astrology. And then down the street, there was this like a really cool crystal place that had these huge crystal geodes that did sound baths, which is basically like where... Um, they're like hitting gongs and chimes and like the sound bowls that resonate at certain frequencies that correlate with the chakras and it's extremely relaxing. Um, and the way that I was feeling, like actually feeling after doing these things, felt, started to feel so much better. And I could tell like such a distinct difference that I was like, I really feel like there's something to this stuff. Like I really do. Um, And, again, it just, like, all started to go from there. I, like, couldn't get enough of learning about all these things. I was so curious, and I just gave myself permission to follow my curiosities. I learned a lot more about astrology. It was such a cool tool for, like, learning about these different parts of myself, like, learning what it meant to have a Pisces moon and learning what it meant to have a Cancer rising and a Virgo Mercury and a Leo Venus and a in a uh, Libra Mart, like all of these, like all of this different language to learn myself again, because one of the things that I'd identified, especially after um, connecting with the mystic Michaela, and she talks a lot about um, like empathic experiences. And this is how I described like being empathic to people or like being kind of not realizing that I was, is that it had felt like the volume of what everybody else wanted of how they reacted to me, of like what they wanted for me and like what they wanted for themselves, it was like the volume of that had been turned up all the way to like 12, 11, 13, whatever, like it was turned up so high and the volume of like what I wanted and how I felt, the volume of that had got turned down really, really low and I hadn't even realized it. And I think that's what had contributed to me, you know, doing all these activities and and picking these goals for myself and all that kind of stuff. Like I didn't even realize that all of that was built on what everybody else wanted. And that like what I wanted, what was coming truly for me, like had, had, had not become, had been taken out of the equation. Didn't even know that. So learning about my sensitivity to people and trying to find myself again, like who was I, what did I like to do? How did I feel about things? Like, how did I find that that volume? How did I turn it up? And how did I turn down the volume of everybody else? I feel like that was kind of like that season was both of those things and, and leaning into my curiosities about mysticism and spirituality, because it was providing me so much positive support, it was providing me so many tools and languages to like learn myself again. And I was having like, like actual experiences like myself that I couldn't deny. And it felt really important after my religious experiences that I wasn't believing something just because somebody told me it was so or told me it was a good thing or because maybe they had like a convincing logic or something. Like I took that into account, but it was just really important to me after that experience that I like made the decision that I bought into it myself. I Yeah, they're, my guides are telling me it they're kind of like guiding me with the share this. Um, and this is part of why this felt so important is because I looked back on some of those things that I really um, emphasized and that I said myself like in high school or something when I was like really, you know, on the religious bandwagon. And like, those are not things that really aligned with how I felt like the judgments about certain things. And you know, just, just a lot of that, like, that really wasn't how I felt. And coming into like this new reckoning with a different kind of ideology, I wanted to be able to like have a little bit more integrity, I guess, of if there was something I said or did, and it turned out to be wrong or something, or like later, I learned it wasn't right. At least I had used my own judgment to come to that conclusion, as opposed to somebody force feeding it to me. Like it just didn't sit right with me that maybe a lot of the things that like I said or believed or like reinforced in that community, like they they weren't even real, like I didn't even really come to those conclusions myself and that bothered me, you know, and I just, again, I really, and, and I still use this. Um, this sort of ideology now, this, this, this strategy, as if there's new information being presented to me, or I'm considering a new kind of belief or whatever, like, it has to be something I've come to the conclusion to myself, that I ran across my own thing that I tested a little bit um, before I accept it as truth, because I just don't want to be in a position to be manipulated or coerced, you know, um, I again want to be able to trust myself that I ran a little bit of like skepticism against it. I didn't just blindly accept it because it came from a place that I identify as good or something, you know, like I just really wanted to be more careful. so I really applied that with all this mysticism and spirituality stuff is really my point during that time. um yeah, I like got my first tarot deck at that time. It was this um this purple deck, which was a really fun one to do because it's like so colorful. And like happy and fun, like the cards are, and like tarot had this kind of like, I don't know, this like energy or like in religious circles, like it's something so scary and dark and bad. So for for it to be like light and colorful and fun and all these kinds of things made it feel cool. I had friends who were kind of into this stuff with me. So I remember one afternoon we stayed late for work. I me mean, one of my girlfriends and like we're pulling tarot cards and like I was having all these really crazy experiences like what are the chances that it's that card or like the same card popping up or I don't know just like little things because I let myself play with it I let myself explore with it I followed my curiosity like all these different avenues there was um at that same crystal shop that I did the sound baths they had this class um that was called it's okay to be right psychic development course and I signed up for the course went in person was run by this really um talented psychic named Corey. And like he did all these exercises where we got to practice basically like tuning into intuitive stuff. And if we were psychic, and like I, I was doing it, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like maybe this isn't as crazy or like meant only for a chosen few or something, you know. Like it just is like a time again of I felt like finding me and what I liked and what made me happy, and turning down and becoming more of aware of all of the feedback I was getting from other people and like pausing before I automatically put it places, like it just, it was great. And I will say too, that at this time, I knew that the job I was doing was not what I wanted to do forever. But I also knew that like, if for some reason, somebody had told me what my job was supposed to be, like I wouldn't have been ready, like mentally and emotionally to do it and have a more positive experience. Like I just had the sense of awareness that like, that my patterns of how I was relating to my work was part of the problem, not just the job I was doing. And so it felt like I got like me staying in that job, not only, you know, did I have an actual job I wanted to do and do it well for the people that were involved, but I also felt like This is an opportunity for me to like practice and grow and learn and shift these behaviors before I go into like a brand new career, whatever it was. And I didn't know what it was going to be then. I had always had this like picture of doing some sort of healing practice, but it it was almost like it was like foggy or something. Like I knew that there would be a practice, but like I just couldn't, I didn't know exactly what it was yet, but I knew for sure it was going to happen. So I just gave myself permission to like, look, I'm in this like completely blessed moment where like, I'm not financially strapped. I have a little bit of flexibility to like invest in these experiences and going to yoga classes and all this kind of stuff and learning about more of these things. And so that's just what I'm going to do. Um, And I started to feel better. I did a lot of personal healing. Um, some of the resources that made the biggest impact on me was um, Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, but specifically he did a podcast with Oprah Winfrey where they spoke about each chapter. I think it's like its own podcast, actually, not just like episodes on her super soul, but like they actually made it a different podcast. Um, Oprah Winfrey Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth. Each episode is a chapter. I cannot recommend it highly enough. That was the first time I'd heard about the concept of like the ego and over identifying with things that blew my mind like my head right off my body like the concept that like even identifying as a certain religion or identifying like with a certain social group or identifying with a certain character trait like when we over identify with things um, we become really really defensive and really block ourselves from considering any other ideas because for anything to be different threatens our sense of identity because we've identified with those things. I don't know. It just was, it was wild. And the concept of like, like we actually have like a soul or spirit self in there too. Like it finally put words on things that i had been feeling and also it introduced me to concepts that felt so true. Again, like a gong, like rang in me like, oh my gosh, this is, this is it, you know, incredible. I also um, a big, big thing that had an impact on me was Nicole Lapera's work, the holistic psychologist on Instagram. Um, she has that book, um, "How to Do the Work," and her talking about nervous system regulation too, and all of this, all of the stuff around that, like polyvagal, you know, vagal theory, um, maladaptive coping mechanisms, um, disassociation, blaming people, and people pleasing; those being really common. Um, ways that we try to displace discomfort because we don't know how to stay in our bodies and soothe ourselves through discomfort. So it's like, we're almost trying to like, get it off me, get it off me, get it away. I don't know what to do with it. Right. And we do that by disassociating, getting out, disconnecting from our body or distracting anger or blaming other people, or by trying to um, people, please fawn which is this whole other thing. I will, I will do a whole episode on that and realized how often I was employing those tactics. As soon as my, my nervous system got agitated, as soon as I got upset, like it was like a whole season of healing. It was friggin' wonderful. Um, and that period of time lasted for probably about two years. So the end of 2018 to the end of 2020, because my project finished, um, Oh, no, I guess it was in 2021 that it finished. And I left that company because I'd also kind of got a little disillusioned with some of the culture things because I'd realized some of my own codependency and people pleasing that had kind of been attracted to certain parts of that, that like weren't working for me and just like wanting to be more authentic and, you know, just all those kinds of things. So um, at the end of 2021, um, left that job and I had a feeling when I left that job that I was getting really close to whatever the new job was going to be because I'd been working with these modalities, astrology and tarot and like intuitive psychic stuff for years to that point. And like, there was something to it, you know? Um, And I'd been doing a lot of healing work to like actually find peace in myself and like to not feel so freaking depressed all the time, you know? Um, And I would say that that was kind of like, maybe like that phase two like post spiritual awakening um, and really just diving in to all of the things. The other thing I'll say about like this second phase is I think one of the best things that we can do is let ourselves discover and play with our interests, with our curiosities. That's one of the biggest things I tell people is like, whatever you're curious about, I feel like that was my own intuition giving me little signals about the next step on the path. Like, I didn't have this like big vision of like, I was going to do all these things. So therefore I had to start doing this, that, or the other thing. Like, that's not how it happened for me. I literally was just like, oh, well, I think that's interesting. Or, oh, I've heard about this a few times. Or like, oh, the sound of that book or that podcast sounds cool. Or like, oh, I've kind of always wanted to do this. Or, oh, that sounds fun. Like, I just like let myself do that. And it was from me, again, getting to just test it out firsthand that I figured out what really resonated with me and what I was really into and what was kind of like more like, yeah, I could like to enjoy that, but like what things I was like super into, you know, and that's the basis of how I developed a lot of my gifts and like the, like modalities within mysticism and spirituality that I used. So if you are in that period of yourself of starting to like develop your own identity and that connection with yourself again, like just let yourself be curious and just test it out. You got to figure out what doesn't work as much as you got to figure out what does work. And, um, that was a big thing for me then. Um, so I would consider that kind of phase two and for phase three, I think, um, we'll talk a little bit more about me realizing that I wanted to do a job in this field and how, I managed my own mindset and some of the really big lessons I had to learn um, while I was still working my corporate job, but knowing that I had something else in mind. So I'll come back and talk about that in a second. All right. So my sort of like phase two, post-spiritual awakening, I really feel like that was like my self-development era. Self-connection, who am I? Intro to spirituality and mysticism, learning everywhere I could. All that kind of stuff, so um I come uh out of that job at that company. I was able to take a little bit of time off, which was like the first time in my life I wasn't in like the work grind for a minute, and there was even kind of a crazy story with that. I um, finished at the other job at the end of january or at the end of December, and so like as of January one, 2022 was not working there anymore. I was like I really want to take some time off. I had like stock in the company that got paid out that was going to cover it. I was like cool. Time off. Started looking for jobs, maybe like a month in. That's what I was feeling. I was looking for jobs, things kind of weren't coming together. And I was like, I wonder if I should like really start putting a lot more effort into this, right? Like, do I need to start like going like full into it? Cause I was, you know, a little bit here and there, things weren't coming together just yet. But I just had a feeling that like the right thing was going to happen. I just did. Cause at that point, I'd already started doing a lot of this intuitive and spiritual work, you know, like my life was so intuitively guided at that point. Um, so I was like, mm, I don't know. And I remember I was taking a bath, being in water, really great place to get psychic downloads, like in the shower or something or at a beach, like it's like a really thing. It's a, it's a thing. So anyway, I was taking a bath. I had lit a candle it was a whole thing. And I like was thinking to myself, okay, do I feel like what the next best move is, is for me to like really double down on job searching. And I remember getting what felt like a very clear message within my own head feeling in my own head of wait until the end of Pisces season like just wait until Pisces season and I think I was in um like beginning of February at that point so we were in Aquarius season and I was like something about that just felt really right because like Pisces is the end of the zodiac season and then it goes into Aries and Aries is what occupies my 10th house of career um There's a lot of airy stuff in there and just something about like finishing out the cycle and like letting myself still be in a moment of kind of like peace and pause in like February to March, which was Pisces season. Like something about that just felt so right. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to trust this. I'm going to trust this. So I like let myself really get in a lot of rest and recharging again and learned about a lot of nervous system regulation was like really focusing on that and like nourishing my body and just coming out of like constant go mode. Right. Um, And sure enough, uh, in Pisces season, I had an old coworker reach out to me about a job that was opening up at the company she worked at. Great job, paid well, was remote, you know, was similar to what I'd been doing before. A couple of people from our company gone to this one and I was like, great, let's do it. And within a few weeks I'd interviewed and got that job. And I just, again, another really cool story, just trusting your intuition, asking for the guidance and trusting it, because I could have been stressed out for those last couple months before that job happened and stressed and forced and maybe even taken a job that hadn't felt right, or that had paid less or that had required me to go into the office and commute, or like all these things that I just didn't want to happen, right, from a place of fear that the right thing wouldn't come along. And I, again, I just had that feeling and I trusted it. Pisces, something about the end of Pisces season. And that was when, that was when this person reached out and the job was paying more than I thought or was anticipating a job would be able to pay. Like it was incredible. It was incredible, truly incredible. And it was funny because at the time, (laughs) I'm remembering this now, I was thinking that, um, I wanted to, I was considering and running the numbers of going to graduate school to get my marriage and family therapy license. Cause again, I was thinking healing, some kind of healing practice. I knew I wanted to have more intuitive elements to it, but I thought maybe I could integrate that with therapy. Cause at the time I was thinking that like having sort of like the Western titles and credits and all that kind of stuff would like prove my credibility or something, or like would be more palatable to these people I was afraid of like coming out as two was like woo woo as I was, you know? And so I was running the numbers and cause I was always going back and forth. So I just like, want to go for something super mystical or do I want to like maybe kind of go something that's has a little bit of it and is more palatable. So I like literally ran the numbers, uh, like took the GRE, applied to um a virtual grad school and started, started it that year. <laughs> um, and did, um, a quarter or whatever it was, um, that was very illuminating. It, it showed me a lot of anxieties that I had. It triggered a lot of things, um, which really feels like this is also another theme of this kind of third era. Um, I feel like in the self-development era, like right after spiritual awakening, I learned about connecting with my inner world. I learned about connecting with myself. And I learned about like nervous system regulation tools. And like how to kind of come back in and check with myself, like check myself and also check with myself. And it feels like this next sort of era that I'm calling it, I don't even know what I'm calling it, but this third era was me getting a lot, a lot of, I don't test isn't really like the right word I want to use. Having a lot of really intense experiences that taught me a lot, taught me a lot, um, and I was, and honestly, I was looking at it that way too. Like, what is this experience here to teach me? Like, if everything is benefiting me and trying to help me in some way, like, what is this situation trying to help me with? I was really starting to like, bring that mentality into things. Oh, man. Going back to school brought up a lot, especially doing it while working a full-time job. Um, yeah. And after going through a period of my life where I'd intentionally created more rest to start healing my body. Um, and then like electing to like start school and do it at the same time as work and like have a really busy schedule again, like all of the things that that triggered, like, is that something I really want? Like all of it. It was a lot. I did really well in the class. I'm so proud of that. I started the second quarter and I realized like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. I just don't. The... I respect the people that work in that field so much. I think it's such, it can be such a helpful tool in healing, especially when you're feeling drawn towards it. But in terms of like how I was envisioning working with people, there were so many restrictions and rules and kind of a box show to play in for a lot of reasons that make total sense. Ethics, legality, you know, a, a lot of reasons why it has to like kind of play in its lane. I didn't want to play in the lane. I didn't want to play in the box. And I had realized that me... Wanting to go the route of getting a therapy license was just to be more palatable and to get credibility because I felt a little insecure and a little bit of self doubt about doing what I really wanted to do. But I was starting to ask myself that question. But, like, what do you really want to do? If fear wasn't a factor, like, what did you really want to do? And what I really wanted to do was exactly what I'm doing now. I wanted to do psychic energy healing work, astrology. Like, I wanted to do this kind of work with people. And so I finally said, no more. I tried it. I, I went firsthand to see <laughs> if that was the route because I, it, it had been something in my mind. I was going back and forth, you know? I, I, I tried it. I can say I, I figured out for myself, for my own self, <laughs> that that was not the way. That was not the route. And I felt so, I was so happy with myself, honestly, that I gave it a shot because I probably would have questioned it if I had it. I gave myself like the firsthand experience to be able to say it wasn't because I was afraid of failing. It wasn't because I was afraid I couldn't do it. It was because I tried it and I, my gut told me, no, this is not really what I wanted to. So anyway, continuing with the job, had a lot of stuff come up. I had relationship things, not necessarily like with my husband, but like with family stuff come up. A lot of really intense stuff came up. Whew, a lot of intense stuff. I had a lot of things happening at work too, and my relationship to work, working was really being illuminated. Um, I started to really peel back the layers of like that whole servitude mindset or like um, how I was managing my energy at work, uh, like how much energy I was giving to it. And like boundaries, energetic boundaries and emotional boundaries with work and like how much self-worth I was assigning to work. Like all of that really started to come to the surface um, at the same time as me actually seeing in real time, like when uncomfortable feelings would come up, especially those family situations, like I saw my ego mind trying to work through its usual thing. I wanted to distract and dissociate. No, I'm just going to stay in my body. Okay, well, and since that doesn't work, I'm angry. Now I just want to be really mad at everybody and this is on them and it's because they're a terrible person. I was like, wait a minute. We don't have to do that either. I've learned about how that's a place that we can go to displace our discomfort, but like I can sit in this discomfort. I can sit in this pain and the sadness and sure they have responsibility for why this went down, but I don't have to like go to it, meaning they're a bad person, and I don't have to try and shift all of the blame onto them just because I feel uncomfortable holding a little bit of responsibility for what went down, too. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. Whoa, then when that didn't work, my brain going to, well, um, you know, maybe. The this person that's like in connection to them is thinking something bad, and the moral of the story is this family member had like blocked all of us; we couldn't get in touch with them. And I was like, well, maybe like if I send like an apology, the apology that I had sent that never got to them because they blocked me, maybe if I sent this to this person they were connected with, it would get to them. And I, if I was being really honest with myself, subconsciously kind of thinking, oh, and you know, maybe this will help them from not thinking that like I'm a bad person or something, because I'm sure you know, this family member who's blocked us is probably like talking trash or something or saying all these bad things. And so subconsciously, I was also kind of like, trying to like clear my name with this other, you know, and I like stopped. And I was like, Okay, this is the people pleasing fawning thing. Because really, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to influence them to not think badly of me, because I feel uncomfortable with what it means to me when they're upset with me, or if they think badly of me. They've clearly blocked communication. They don't want to hear what I have to say. Even if that's the best fucking apology in the world, even if it's me taking responsibility for everything and whatever, like if they have said they don't want to hear it, it doesn't matter if I, ha- if I want to say it or not. It doesn't matter. They've decided they want to feel how they're going to feel. They don't want any other input. I have to learn how to be okay with that. And me trying to send this apology through other people, one, not only does that disrespect and not accept what they have clearly decided for themselves. But really, again, if I'm being honest, this is me trying to influence the way other people are thinking about me, and that's not my job. (laughs) That's me getting my energy into places I don't need to be. Like I got to see it real time in that example, like my ego mind trying to run through the, the paces, trying to run through all of the options as a way to support me to not feel the discomfort of the sadness, and a little bit of anger and all of this kind of stuff that i felt as a result of what was happening situations like that examples like that happened a lot a lot <laughs> over in this kind of like phase 3 after you know that initial spiritual awakening it felt like i had been given the tools and they're like okay now it's time to put them to practice <laughs> it's time to um to like actually like do the work now and man, has that been happening? Has that been happening? And also, I feel like that this was the period that I got to really start learning how to do like shadow work and how to meet these parts of myself that were hurting and that had beliefs that didn't work for me. I feel like that's like a big part of what happened in this period, even with um the stuff relating to work like when when I realized that I would want to be creating something in my personal time, aka my non-work time, um, that really created this observation of like, how much time and energy am I really giving work in comparison to the rest of my life? Like, my life is actually where I'm living, where I'm enjoying things. And how come my life is what gets like the, the little like, crumbles of what's left of my energy? so tired at the end of the day, I realized now, I've learned now that I was having like legitimate adrenal fatigue for all of that time. It's part of the reason why I was exhausted. And like, even though I'd been active my whole life, like I just couldn't bring myself to like really work out. Like it was like a whole thing. (laughs) It was a whole thing. Learned later. But that was part of what was was happening. then I was like, why am I like so tired? Like if I want my life to be the part that's the focal point, then I really got to adjust my relationship to work in the day so that uh, my life actually has the best parts of me. And so it was things like before I started work, like, did I want to journal or read or meditate? Like, cause right at the beginning of the day was when I had the most energy. Like what part of my life got the most energy from me? What parts of my life got the most presence from me? or when I was at work like how upset or stressed out I would get about stuff because that was a signal of uh like how much investment I had in it right how important it felt to me and in this period work got moved way down the importance list and I realized how much societal conditioning had gone into me thinking that like work had to be number one and I got to really like Uh, evaluate where that came from. And it came from me thinking that I wasn't worthy or good if I wasn't performing well at work or that I couldn't um, like really be like safe or have peace or something or let myself feel that if like work wasn't good or be feeling guilty if even though I did everything I could like reasonably do in a work situation and, and, you know, there were just factors that were out of my control, like that that wasn't on me to worry about. You know, like some of these codependent people pleaser things that a lot of corporate jobs um benefit off of that they feed into that they um that they rely on you to have that you are trying to stress out about things that are not in your control so that you work harder, harder, harder. You know, like I just like realizing a lot of those trends and just being like, No, I'm I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And it again, it was like a practice round of, okay, how can I relate to work if I'm not using those beliefs? If I'm not stressed out about it all the time, if I'm not in like a servitude mindset, if I meet it with my presence and give it what I have in the moment, and then I log off and I'm really done. I'm really done. I'm not stressed out about anything. I'm not checking anything. And like, I'm not giving it more hours than it's paying me. I was on a salary job. Like, you're not getting more hours for me than you pay, like, why would, like, why would I do that? If there was like a legitimate emergency, maybe, but like, like I'm not in a health field. I'm not in emergency services. So there's not really an emergency. No, no, because the rest of my life became so important to me, like my time with myself, my time with my husband, my time. Like feeding myself and cooking meals that were nourishing, my time resting and sleeping and having fun, like those became so important to me. Like my values really started to change in a way that made it easier for me to see that i had had a really distorted view about the where work played into my life, especially knowing it was not a career that I was trying to have forever. And so and, and I will say I'm the kind of person that like, it's really important to me just to have integrity in things I wanted to do. So I still wanted to show up and do my job. The best that I could while I was doing it, like I still definitely had that attitude of like, you know, you're paying me to do this job. And I'm, I have elected to participate. So I'm going to give you the best version of Brie that she's got in this moment, you know, but I'm not giving you extras. (laughs) I get the extras. I get the extras. Um, and that was like a really big, big shift. And that helped me again with my energetic management, like how to go into situations and not feel so drained, like without my own consent, it almost felt like, and there was a lot of practice there. So now I feel like I had that skill where like, I, I have more awareness for like almost how open the valve is. You know, like if a valve like is like fully open, it gets a hundred percent flow versus like if you restrict the flow a little bit and it gets 70% of you or it gets 30% of your energy or like whatever that is. Like I started to become aware of that sort of um concept energetically, I guess. <laughs> so now I can like appropriately come into situations. And still give it like, again, integrity, like my, like the best version of myself, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're getting a hundred percent of my energy allocation for the day. Mm -mm. No, that's not what that means. (laughs) No, I, and yeah, feeling more peace about that and not feeling guilt for that, learning about all of that real big, real, real big. Yeah. And again, I was starting to get That vision that I had about this healing practice I wanted to do was starting to feel a little bit more clear, especially after I tried going to school. Nope, it's not that. So it's probably something mystical. More ideas of it. I feel like I maybe want to do something social media. I feel like it's probably you know, one-to-one work with people, like just like little things, but it still felt kind of foggy. I was still practicing and employing my spiritual stuff and, and learning and like practicing with those things. I was practicing with cards. I was learning a lot about astrology. I was taking courses and getting mentorships and reading books and like observing how astrology was impacting my own life and reading charts for people just for fun. Like all of that kind of stuff was happening in this time while I was also getting like a crash course in starting to do like actual shadow work and self-development and reprogramming and like a lot of like really intensive growth time. <laughs> um and with the job, again, I just had this feeling that like I knew it wasn't I wasn't going to be in it forever. But it was providing me a really cool opportunity, especially because I was working remote for me to be able to like have the freedom to explore and start to build up what else, whatever else I wanted it to be. So I just knew it wasn't quite time to switch. And again, I really felt like it was a practice. Everything that was coming up about my relationship to working and like dynamics, like all of those were lessons that I feel like were teaching me and preparing me for when I wanted to start my business. And that was just like a feeling and honestly a choice too I had about that. So if, again, you're in a situation where like you're trying to figure out like how to do work that feels meaningful for you after a spiritual awakening, um, that was my mentality. It was, it was that I, I might have known that the job I was in was not the one forever, but I decided to let it be a school, a learning ground, and an ability, something that gave me the financial ability to like explore what else a career would look like in my personal time. So I feel like this is where I'll probably like leave the story is, is this last little part. Um, so towards the end of 2021, um, I was starting to get the messages and really feel like I'm gonna start this whatever this business is soon. I feel like it's coming soon. Cause that had been a question I'd been asking like, what's the timeline? What's the path for this? And it had felt like, oh, you know, it's going to come. It's not really that far, but like, it's not quite yet, you know? And I just felt like it almost like coming closer and closer and closer. And I was getting a lot of messages. Um, I had started working with a really, really gifted um, psychic channeler and energy healer named Scarlett Curtis. I love her. I started working with her in um, 2021. I think it was 2021. Yeah, I don't think it was 2020, 2021. And... Um, and she had brought through some really cool guidance about the healing work I was meant to do. And she w- it was in a session with her where she said Akashic Records, the first time I'd ever heard it, and that i had worked with the Akashic Records before in past lives, and that they really wanted to invite me to work with them again and to channel into the records. And that was what, like, like what are the Akashic Records? Like, let me read a book. Let me listen to a podcast. And um, she had recommended me to the woman who taught me how anne Ray Pizarro, who I've had on the episode. Scarlett was the one that referred me to her. So like I had already started to have these concepts. And like I knew I probably wanted to learn how to channel the Akashic Records through her program, Become an Akashic Records Guide. I can't recommend highly enough. I just didn't know when, right? Like all of the things are starting to like get a little bit more specific. And again, I kept getting messages. It's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. And I felt like the way I was interpreting that was like, I don't know how it's going to come together. I don't even know what the business would be. Um I knew it would probably be healing with Bree. I had like created an an Instagram account so I would have that handle, but it was like a blank Instagram account that didn't have anything on it that I just had in my phone for probably a year beforehand, not even knowing what the business would be, but just in case. I had this feeling to do it. <laughs> and I was getting that, you know, those messages and I was like the way that I interpreted it was just like be ready. Be ready for it to be made known to you and that you're going to do it. And I was like, okay, cool. Sure enough, at the beginning of 2022, I went to um, this cool meetup for the Mystic Michaela group for um, a book that she um, released, the Angel Number book, which is also so good. Can't even recommend enough. And I met all of these women there. And I brought my tarot cards actually, because there was like open time and I thought maybe I could like pull cards for people and that would be kind of just like a cool way to practice. But something else happened instead. I um I was in this room of women, um like some of the women that were there, it had, you know, Mystic Michaela was signing books and it was kind of like the last people in the room at that point. And I hear somebody behind me say... Um, I have a Capricorn sun, moon and rising and I don't know what that means. Does anybody know what that means? And I turned around and I said, Oh, I know what that means because I've been studying astrology and like, like explaining it to other people because I just was so fascinated in it. And I was like, Oh yeah, I know what it means. She goes, Oh, will you tell me what it means? So I turn around. I don't know her. And, but like, I know her from this like whole thing, but I like didn't know her before this, right? The friends that I come with, they were like in another part of the room. I turn around and I start explaining this to her, right? Her and her friend that she's with are listening. And I just get in the zone, man. I got in the zone. So fun to talk about. Right. And next thing I knew all of the people around had like come around and had almost like circled us and the look on her face, like she teared up at points. Like it was like, like I could feel how much it was impacting her to hear this. And she was like, oh my God, like, that's incredible. And all these people are like, oh, well, you look at my chart. Will you look at my chart because we were coming to a point in the day where everybody was going to hang out like by the pool. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, this is so fun. Right. And I was really excited because I loved looking at people's charts that whole rest of the afternoon. I like sat down on the thing. And again, I started talking to people about their charts. And then all of a sudden there's like all these people like standing around and they're listening to me talk about people's charts that aren't even their own, like, like with rapt attention you know, and like pulling up and talking to people. And it just was, it felt like in the zone, like it felt so good. Like I had not planned. I had not at all planned on coming to this and talking with people about their charts. If anything, I thought maybe I'll pull up my cards and like do some fun card. and didn't even think I would be talking to anybody about astrology because astrology is such a big, robust practice. And I didn't feel like anywhere near like, you know, an expert enough Q Virgo perfectionism, like expert enough to like, have considered like, no, nothing at all. But like, just because it was fun and people asked and they heard and they were like, hey, I want you to, you know, I was like, sure, whatever. That whole day, probably, probably like 10 people that day I spoke to throughout the whole day and afternoon. And I was probably talking to people about their chart for at least 20 minutes, if not 30 a person. Right. And I went to dinner um with the women that I'd been in a room with um that I'd been sharing a room with there. And they said, Brie, you need to do this. You need to do this as your job. Like I would pay to li- to like listen to you describe my chart, how you're doing it for people. Like people would pay for this. Like you need to do it. I was like, really? And like all six or seven of these women I was with were like, yes, a hundred percent. You need to do it. Like you just have a gift. Like there's just something about like the way that you are when you talk about it. Like it's so um, it's so engaging. Like you just, you have to do it. You have to do it. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to do it. And yeah, I, I like, and as soon as I decided, yep. And I was like, I guess this is the sign they have been saying, get ready. And like, here's my, it feels like my push. You know, I came back from that trip. And like the next weekend I created my website, I created my logo. I had a vision for it all, like created it you know, signed up for my LLC, like started thinking about the stuff, like officially signed on with the mentorship with somebody to kind of study up on different parts of it. Um, Started scheduling like test runs of scheduling with friends, like the whole thing, like immediately um, I picked a date that I wanted to open the business, you know, based on the astrology, the birth chart of my business. So that was set April 22nd, 2022. And so from January to April, just got to prep in my personal time for the business. And I was really happy that I got to open it while still having another job because I feel like it gave me, it like took the pressure off. It kind of let it be something that it just was going to be what it was. I wasn't forcing it, you know? Um, and I just kind of got to have fun with it. And like, if I felt kind of the the thought of doing it this way or making content that was a little like this or changing it a little bit like that, there wasn't the pressure of like, oh, but will that impact my income or something? Um, and it just was so exciting. Um, so I opened the business starting with astrology. Um, there was some other really crazy stuff that happened around the time that I started my business. I had so many signs and synchronicities supporting it. Um, one of the crazy things that happened around them actually um, is I got pregnant a couple of weeks before the launch, and it was wonderful because my husband and I had been like, you know, trying to get pregnant for a while, um, but then. Um, I had had some bleeding and um, my first appointment with my gynecologist was on April 22nd, the day that I announced my business, that I opened, started my business officially. Um, and that was the day that we got confirmation that I was having a miscarriage. Um, so like on the same day that like I opened the business also had this like really intense personal thing going on. And I'm going to, I think I'm going to do a whole podcast about that experience because that was something else. That was something else, but, it, but still something there was something really magical and felt very profound about that too. Um a lot of creative creative energy at that time at the very least you could say. <laughs> um Yeah. And then um, for some of the other elements of like my gifts and business. So, you know, doing astrology, I was talking with people about that. I was really liking that. I really love astrology for like personal development and personal growth and like connecting with yourself, especially. So that's how I was talking with people about it. I've learned I really like to explain and teach things. Um, about spirituality and mysticism, because I like I learned about it in adulthood, definitely not when I was younger. in fact, when I was younger, I was made out to be quite evil, so you know, deprogramming that a little bit was another element of it all. um, I kept getting messages from psychics that I was working with, like different ones that i energy healing was like a, gonna, always gonna be a big thing that I was gonna do one way or another, so I should just do it. So I followed my gut about people to work with um trainings to get and launched energy healing. That was my second service that I did um, and started having really cool experiences doing that. Had this idea to combine it with the astrology stuff, which was really cool. And then finally felt like the time was right to do the Become an Akashic Records Guide program with Anne and learning how to channel the Akashic Records. And that really changed the game, that experience. It was like a three-month training and um, learning to channel and especially working with the Akashic records. It just it felt like it felt like something clicked into place. It's like, ah, oh, this is what this is what I really want to be doing. And started doing channeling with people at the beginning of um 2023 and did a lot of channeling, a lot of practice with a lot of people. That same group of women who really encouraged me to start the business were a lot of my first customers with astrology or my test my test People I would test it on for when I started channeling referred me to people. I like, I just can't, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to them and to all my friends who really supported it. Um, I'm so grateful to my freaking husband because he's not like into all of this stuff, but his whole thing was like, that might not be like my beliefs. Like I might not have those experiences that make me believe it the way that you do, but I believe in you. And I trust you. Like, I trust your judgment. Like, you're not going to go out and do all these things if you don't really think there's something to it. So, like, I support you 100%. He's been, like, my biggest cheerleader. Um, And the channeling thing just, like, it just opened up. And it felt like it just, boom, right in. Crazy experiences channeling with people. Um, Those Akashic Records channeling sessions are really, really powerful. Really, really powerful. The level of information and messages and confirmation for people, like, it is not, unusual for people to like cry in a positive way in sessions because they feel like that one thing in them that really wants to be seen is seen, um, clarity on things, closure, guidance on things, like seriously, it's, it's been incredible. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I left my corporate job in, um, at the beginning of March and I feel like the story about from that point on is like its, it's own story, honestly, because there's a lot that's happened. But what I will say is that um, things I was back and forth on how long I was going to stay at my corporate job. And um, it was something I was really contemplating. And it felt like there were multiple paths and ways I could do it. Right. But things at the corporate job started being feeling unnecessarily difficult like really sketchy situations and feeling like they were, they were kind of trying to push me out and creating a lot of anxiety and stress. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe like there's something for me to learn here um, that kind of improved. And then like, you know, kind of sketchy stuff started happening again at the beginning of this year. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing this again. (laughs) Um, And there just was like a lot, a lot of signs. And I said at the same time, the same way that I said, when I started my business, I said to my guides, If you want me to do this, I'll do this, but I just really need your support and your confirmation that this is the way to do it. Like, if I take the sleep, just open the doors for me, like, help make it happen. And I got so, so, so many messages around that time when I was deciding um, that I was going to put a notice at my job. So many little messages everywhere. So many, because I was feeling the push. It was time. And I was trying to decide. And I decided right before something really, really crappy happened with my boss and the crappy thing that happened with my boss felt like it was also like confirmation, like, yeah, it's time to leave. So I had um, a trip, a long trip that I had done at the end of March. I was just waiting for that trip. And when I came back, I put in my notice and, um, and yeah, I, yeah, (laughs) again, there's like a whole other story from that point on felt like I was like always meant To be running my own business, started the podcasting after that, felt like I've always meant to do this sort of thing. Um, I started the coaching thing with people, this feels like exactly what I've wanted to do the astrology and the energy healing and the channeling, like we're all pieces of it. And that's the other thing too, that's really wonderful about like now owning my own business and just the kind of person I am, is I always want to be able to change and evolve, I don't ever really want to be boxed in, I want to be able to follow the flow of my intuition at any moment. And so like having been able to create a circumstance where I can do that feels so empowering and liberating. You know, so now focusing on the coaching and the channeling, it feels like exactly what i meant to do. It's so fulfilling. It's always how I like it pictured working with people, honestly. Um, And it's been wonderful. It's been very challenging. There's been a lot of personal growth, especially over the summer since I put in the notice. And again, it could be its whole episode and it probably will be. (laughs) But um, yeah, so um, that is my story, fam. Um, That's my story of coming into my gifts. Um, If there's one thing that I would say to people who, again, feel like they have gifts that they want to develop or maybe are getting the sense that they want to do some sort of job or work in this field, um, I really feel like letting it be one step at a time is like one of the best things you can do for yourself. Like leaning into your curiosities, following your intuition, learning how to follow your intuition. Uh, So like so many times that that was so important and letting it be one step at a time. Yeah, that's so big. So, so big. Even now that I've started the business, like I can't tell you how many things I wouldn't have done if I was preoccupied with like what I wanted the final outcome to look like or what I wanted it to eventually be versus just letting it start. Like even with social media, like I play around all the time. Like, do I like this? Do I like that? Do I like this kind of content? Aesthetically, do I like that? Like I just let myself play with it. Like it's not that, it's not that deep, you know? (laughs) And I feel like it gives me the freedom again to follow that intuition and keep deepening that relationship or like starting the podcast. Like even now that first episode, I felt so nervous about putting it out because I wanted it to be perfect. I was like, it's not about it being perfect. It's about just starting and like starting to find my rhythm and how I like to speak about things. And you know, even now, how I would talk about healing is probably very different than I would have in that first episode. But I'm so happy I let myself start, you know, same thing with the channeling and all this. Like I'm just like sometimes you just gotta let yourself start with the next step you feel like is gonna happen. You're feeling guided towards, so that this long-term thing that you want can come to fruition. It's not because you have to, you have to be, you know, the down the road version of you immediately. It's just like letting yourself one step at a time and letting the path kind of show itself to you. Because again, I always felt like I was supposed to be doing something important. I had always kind of imagined maybe some sort of healing practice. I just didn't know what it looks like. And I just kept traveling towards that, you know, even though I didn't know what it looks like, not right up until I opened the practice, I didn't even know what it would look like. And honestly, I think my business is going to change and evolve in a lot and be very different in two years and five years and 10 years. And I love that. That's great. I don't feel like I've landed on the final version of what I am or what this business is. And I don't really think that's the point of doing this kind of work. I I just, I really don't. So, um, <laughs> so I hope that this story um, is helpful to you in whatever way, whether it's um, affirming to you. Um, I, one part of the story, I guess I left out. I can just say now that I'm getting the sense to mention Um, as I was able to get off those antidepressants when I was post-spiritual awakening, still down in Venice, I was working with that therapist. She said something really profound to me. I've been talking about how I was trying to view my emotions as teachers, right? Like they're trying to show me something. That was like my first um, time really thinking about my emotions that way. And there'd been this thing that had happened over the summer, over the holidays, Like, I hadn't had a psychiatry appointment in a minute, so they weren't renewing my antidepressants, and I was really freaked out about that. And I was talking to my therapist about that, and she goes, okay, so wait a minute. You want to get more in touch with your emotions and let them teach you, but you want to get back on antidepressants, which essentially kind of mutes your emotions. And I was like, oh, that doesn't really make sense, does it? She's like, "Mm, no. And I was like, you're right. I think I can go off of them now. So I was able to go off the antidepressants and haven't been on them since um I still am a little bit prone to a little bit of depressive stuff but not anywhere near how it was back then. And even the anxiety not as much at all. Like of course I still have my things but like I really feel like all of that was a signal of me being disconnected from myself. Yeah, I feel like those are symptoms of being disconnected to myself. So the more I've been connected to myself, um the more I've been able to sense where there are again beliefs or things that just are are creating the misery, I learned the tools, how to attend to those. I learned how to nerve, to regulate my nervous system. You know what I mean? Like things just really changed when I turned inward. Um, and I let my, I let my intuition be my own little compass about where to go next. Um, and that's served me so well. That's, it's been like the greatest blessing. And that's, that's the blessing I want to help people with too, is how to get back connected to themselves and their own intuition. And all of the magic that's waiting for them in their lives. I think we'll end the episode there. I'm sure it'll probably be a long one. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Um, yeah, if you are interested in um, doing that coaching program with me, I'm getting the sense, I'm sensing, feeling there might be one other, two other people who would like to enroll in Soul Path with me. I'm um, going on my website, HealingWithBree.net, to learn more about that before I close enrollment. Um, I'll probably close it either at the end of September, or sometime in October. Um, if you're thinking about doing an Akashic Records or energy healing session with me, that's also on my website, healingwithbree.net. Um, or if you just want channeled messages, healing content, um, Instagram at healingwithbree or TikTok healing.with.bree. So healingwithbree with like periods between them. Um, and of course here on the podcast. Um, so thank you everybody for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful week.